the talk show. A very good evening to you and welcome to the talk shop on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. I am Masachaba Mdolo. Thank you so much, Ndate Mandla Shongwe, my colleague, for holding the fort while I was away. Well, I'm back, and tonight we're looking at uh, an organization as our mover and shaker. We'll be talking about Axiom Education with the co-founders Craig Paxton and Michelle Paxton. And then at around uh, 7.30, we look at a school crime national registry. We'll be joined on the line by Satu General Secretary Mugwena Malulege. Satu has called for the creation of a national registry to be used to track any criminal incidents at schools. He'll tell us more about that a little bit later on. In the second hour of the talk shop tonight, we've got our relationship corner, and we're looking at gender roles in relationships, asking do traditional gender roles strengthen or weaken relationships. Dr. Adele Romanis is a clinical psychologist who will be joining us on the line. African Affirmations is always on the talk shop brought to you by the Iskia Institute. And we're going to wrap up tonight by talking about uh, Constitution Mondays. We'll be joined by Petal Thring, CEO of Constitution Hill. That is the lineup for the talk shop tonight. I am Masachaba Mtolo. Let's get right into it. Getting up close with our mover and shaker, an organization called Axiom Education. It's a non-profit organization based in the Eastern Cape, which uses maths, science, and English teaching as a means to generate opportunities for students to pursue post-secondary study. We're joined by the power couple behind this initiative, Craig Paxton and Michelle Paxton, the co-founders of Axiom Education. A very good evening to the both of you, and thank you so much for joining us this evening. Welcome onto the talk shop. Thanks. Good Good to be here. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, Michelle. Uh, she's telling me she's been cut off, I'm afraid. Oh, okay. Michelle, we've lost Michelle there for some reason. We're going to try and get her back on the line. Craig Paxton is the um, co-founder and executive director of Exium Education Services, and Michelle Paxton is the co-founder and financial director of Axiom Education. Maybe, Craig, we can kick off by um, you telling us exactly what Axiom Education does. Yeah, so we we work with rural students in uh, the Eastern Cape, mm-hmm. um, pretty much all the way from grade 1 through to grade 12 now, uh, different kinds of programs at different levels. We also work with teachers in the area to support what they do. So we're very much about trying to empower and encourage and support schools to, to do what they should be doing. Um, obviously, we're in a corner of the country which has lots of challenges, um, but, yeah, I mean, we're really see a lot of potential in the kids and the teachers that we work with, and so we're pretty excited to be here and to be doing the work that we're doing. Now, you are working in a rural environment, and we are aware of the many, many challenges facing education in the rural settings. How do you overcome some of them, you know, stuff that you clearly have no control over, such as infrastructure development? Um, We're talking here about even just uh, uh, the allocation of teachers to different schools. Some schools are very short-staffed. Some have had temporary teachers for a long, long time working there. Um, So how, how do you deal with some of these challenges? that are seemingly beyond your control. Yes. I, I think you've got to have both kind of things in mind. Firstly, that there's stuff that really isn't right that shouldn't be going on. Some of the stuff that you've mentioned, the fact that many schools don't have the kind of infrastructure and furniture and things that they should have. 
and the teachers aren't employed properly, et cetera, et cetera. And you've got to kind of address that as, as you best you can, and that often happens at a higher level. And we're very fortunate to partner with, with a couple of different organizations that are doing that kind of advocacy work. But on, on the other hand, you've really got, got to deal with the people in front of you and to make the best of a bad situation. Um, and so, you know, working with science teachers, working with math teachers, they can really make a tremendous difference to, to the kids in their classes and to, for many years, those teachers have been disempowered. Mm-hmm. That they don't believe that, that what they do every day makes a difference. And so to start to breathe some encouragement into them, to give them some skills and, and some ideas that, that might be able to help. Um, and then, of course, I love working with kids, and so does Michelle. And so we, we see just some amazing students come through our programs. And to, to be kind of on a daily basis, be involved in that is very exciting. And, and you do see that even in, in a, a really tough part of the world, that change can happen and that um, exciting things can happen for, for young kids. A mover and shaker tonight is a non-profit organization called Axiom Education, and we're joined on the line by the founders, Craig Paxton and Michelle Paxton. We are taking your calls 0891-104-207, 0891-104-207, or SMS 34701. SMSs are charged at 2 Rand if you'd like to join our conversation. The provincial government of KwaZulu-Natal is officially kick-starting the 20 years of freedom celebrations in style this week. Under the theme, together we have made KwaZulu-Natal a better province and ready to move South Africa forward. The province will celebrate being a trailblazer in the delivery of government services, this time by ensuring that more than 30,500 people from poor households are employed under its Community Works program, which has contributed immensely to reducing poverty in communities. The MEC, Nomosadubengube, the Premier of KwaZulu-Natal, Senzamkhonu, and National Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs Minister, Lichisa Tsinodi, will join thousands of beneficiaries in celebrating the 20 years of the restoration of human rights and dignity. The date is Friday the 31st of January this year, 2014. The venue is Wadley Stadium in Pietermaritzburg at 8.30 in the morning. SAFM Morning Talk will broadcast live from the Wadley Stadium. News from the TV license office. With our new SMS balance inquiry function, you can now get your TV license balance conveniently on your cell phone. SMS your ID number or TV license number to 44210 and voila, 44210. Quick and easy. TV licenses make a difference. The Talk Shop. This is the talk shop on SAFM 104-107. A mover and shaker is an organization, a non-profit organization called Axiom Education. And we're joined on the line by the co-founders, Craig Paxton and Michelle Paxton. Taking your calls on 891 to join our conversation, 891 or SMS 34701. SMS number is 34701 and SMSs are charged at 2 Rand. Axiom Education is based in the Eastern Cape and they use maths, science and English teaching as a means to generate opportunities for rural students to pursue post-secondary study. Um, we've been talking to Craig and I'd like to bring Michelle on board. Michelle, I understand you're with us now. Good evening to you. I am. Hello, ma'am. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? 
I'm very, very well. Thank you very much. Michelle, in terms of motivating teachers, how do you get teachers to get excited again about teaching maths and science after they have been disempowered, as Craig earlier on said, after they have been made to feel like they are unable to teach it, but also just the conditions around them have got them feeling very demotivated? Yeah, I'm not saying constant challenge out here. It feels like we're trying to change an entire culture and not just help some individuals. Um, I mean, I think we've been pleasantly surprised at how forthright and, well, forthcoming the teachers are in requesting help and they're almost, you know, coming to us for help and they they definitely are um, very excited about the prospect that we are helping in terms of increasing on their knowledge. Um, I mean, a lot of these teachers are teaching subjects that they haven't been qualified to teach. Mm-hmm. Um, so just the fact that we're assisting in any way that we can in terms of getting their, um, you know, that curriculum and knowledge back up to scratch, showing them new things that they can do in the classroom without necessarily having all the fancy resources. Um, I think it's just a belief that they can do it. Um, and that what they are doing is making a difference um, to the students that they're working with. So we've actually been pleasantly surprised, as I said, that the teachers themselves are are wanting to do that improvement, that the teachers themselves are getting a little bit more inspired. Um, but it is still going to be a very slow process mm. in terms of just changing the culture of, of expectations, both of what the teachers expect of the students, of what schools and principals expect of the teachers and what the students expect of themselves and of the teachers. Um, so it's definitely, you know, how to eat an elephant and we're doing it in very small steps, but um, many other teachers are, are definitely coming to the party and, and seeing some kind of hope and, and get motivating each other. So we work a lot with teacher networks, um, and the idea is that they all kind of help each other. So, for example, grade 12, they've got the new curriculum this year and mm-hmm. um, we'll be helping each other to, to tackle those problems and they're kind of empowering each other as much as possible and hopefully one day we'll be able to step out of that and they'll, they'll keep on going. But, um, yeah, so it's, it's just small steps in trying to change that culture. And as part of your developing of teachers, I understand that you also have uh, partnered with teacher certification centres and you're looking at a, a partnership with the School of Education at the University of Cape Town. Funding for these programs, where does it come from? I, I can imagine a number of the teachers would have at some point liked to upgrade their qualifications, but they don't have access to the funding. So how then do you tackle this huge problem? A number of the universities have very good um, ACE uh, programs, uh, advanced certificate in education, and so Rhodes, for example, isn't too far away, and, and there are a number of teachers that we work with that are are doing programs through through the Rhodes um, ACE programs. Um, but you, you're quite right. I mean, we, we ourselves are, have always been scrambling for finances, as um, is the case with most nonprofits, I think, but uh, we've, been, we've got very generous um, supporters in Anglo-American Chairman's Fund, uh, Anglo-Platinum, and a couple of the other mining houses who draw their labor from here. Um, and so there is some funding out there, but it's a case of trying to figure out um, how to use it best often and with, with the, the small amount that we have, kind of maximum impact. And, and is, is Axiom Education in any way associated or partnering with the, the Department of Basic Education? We have very good relationships with um, our local district office. Um, we certainly we see ourselves um, supporting the work that they do. Often, just just like teachers in schools here, the district office are stretched very thin, and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. the kinds of functions that they 
I suppose to football, um, it's challenging, especially with the distances involved. And so, uh, in many ways, we're almost a mini district office here, um, based remotely, and, and we certainly work in tandem with their science and math specialists as much as we can. And, and what happens when, I mean, recently, Craig and Michelle, both of you, we heard about uh, the weather disaster that's befallen the Eastern Cape and many schools, um, you know, are not in, in no state to be centers of education, let alone to be housing uh, learners. There are no roofs. They've been blown away in some of them. Um, it, it is absolutely impossible to be teaching. How do you deal with those natural disasters that are part and parcel of the challenges facing education in the Eastern Cape? Yeah, I mean, we've been fortunate, I'd say, over the five or so years we've been working here. Um, I, c- I can only say that Schools have improved their infrastructure. There have been quite a few new builds, and um, last year um, there were a whole lot of furniture was delivered towards the end of, of the year. Um, things that probably people would argue have been a long time coming, but certainly in our area, things are on, on the up. Um, I know that's not the case everywhere, and there's a lot of work still to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, if you're talking about rural realities, I mean, you know, many of our kids will be walking for an hour and a half to get to school, mm-hmm. and, and when the rivers flood, of course, they can't get to school. So there are a number of additional challenges that make schooling here very um, difficult and tough for teachers and for students. And when they do, you know, after wading through the rivers, if they can get to school, when they do get to school, they find that the classrooms are in no state for any kind of teaching and learning to take place there. Michelle? Yes. Um, well, I mean, I think we've we've probably been quite lucky in, with the immediate schools that we work with, mm-hmm. which are probably the 10 or 12 that are closest to our area. None of them have been hugely affected, mm-hmm. uh, hugely affected by that. So, um, fortunately... The, the issues that are being faced are not necessarily ones of being completely out of use. They've, they've still got roofs, um, although unfortunately they've still got probably 100 students per class. Mm-hmm. Um, so things aren't satisfactory, but um, I mean, I think our biggest problem more than infrastructure is just making sure that when kids are at school, they're, you know, they're actually being taught and, and that the teachers are there and that what's happening in the classroom is being effective. Um, so we've more been, you know, that's been more of an issue for us than the actual classrooms necessarily. Um, I, yeah, we, there obviously are ones that have had been much worse um, with the affected by the weather, but the ones that we deal with immediately haven't had that. So we've, yeah, haven't had that right in our faces, I guess. Okay, and touch wood and, and thank God for that and uh, that you yeah. are able to continue the sterling work that you do. Tell us about the Egukuleni Math, Science and English Centre for Gifted Students. Yeah, uh, the the programme has been running now for three years and we've had two batches of metrics and we're starting to see some really nice improvements. The idea there is really to take um, the best students from five or six senior secondaries in the area and to try and give them a really good shot at getting into university, as well as being kind of peer motivators to to go back to their schools with some additional skills and confidence, um, and to encourage their, their their friends and their peers in in a study group environment and share some of the extra resources and and ideas that they've, they've got from us. Um, so we're getting we're getting there. We get uh, a nice improvement in bachelor math and science passes last year, um, but but you know as we go along the pipeline. We just learn about more challenges. We've just sent off a whole bunch of, of really great students to universities around the country. And, of course, the challenges don't end there. They, they, they have to produce all kinds of 
finances that they don't have. Um, they arrive in a new city with no one that they know. Um, so really, it, it's a it's a real challenge to make make. You can you might get them through a trick, but then the challenges begin again. And how do you keep yourselves motivated with all these challenges that are part and parcel of education? You know, it's all well and good to talk about clearing a forest, but. Um, the reality is once you start working on a small patch, um, as you go along, the patch that you first started working on starts being overgrown with weed and uh, you've got the same problem again. And, and one has to say, how do you go about this to ensure that where you have been, the successes that you've had in getting these children to these um, institutions of higher learning are, are, are realized that there is a way forward, that they get there, that there is funding from them, from NESFES or wherever, or wherever it's coming from, that there is accommodation for them within school premises so that they can maximize all the facilities that are available, available to them, all the resources that are available to them at these institutions of higher learning. Because we are talking here about literally grooming and, and uh, you know, making or making the best realize that they are the best. But there's a next step that you are completely have no control over. Michelle? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I heard a whole lot of questions in that statement from you. I mean, mm. just going back to the stress in terms of how we stay motivated. And I think there are a number of ways. Firstly, we have an amazing team um, that seems to grow by the year, and each one of them brings a different skill set that will then tackle a certain gap, which, as you said, you know, you clear a path and suddenly you see all the things that were underlying it. Um, so that our growing team really has enabled us to, to start tackling new issues as they come about. Um, there are always more, but we have, yeah, so we do have an amazing team, but we also have, I mean, I think all of us as teachers, ideally, um, the best part of what we do is the relationships that we have with the students and with the teachers, but the students really are kind of the shining stars for us. And mm-hmm. the couple of successes that we do have are motivation enough. Um, I guess it's a little bit like the Starfish Foundation, you know, you're making a difference to one or two kids here or there. And we have slowly... I mean, we've only been up here permanently for the last three years, and we definitely have seen progress in that, and we've seen a great increase in the number of students going to tertiary-level education. And now, you know, the more kids that we've got going there, the more issues that we're discovering on mm-hmm. that level. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just, I think the more we get opened our eyes to, the more we can make sure that the next year we do it better. Um, and so the students that are at the universities now and trying to get their applications and their, their registrations and find um, accommodation and all the rest of it, we, we're trying to assist them along the way as much as possible. And fortunately, we've got our own connections that we're trying to pair up with students and make sure that, you know, we've taken these kids so far, we certainly don't want to see them fail now. And they really are motivated. It's amazing. Um, the students, once you, all it takes is showing them a little bit of hope and a little bit of opportunity, mm-hmm. and, and suddenly their eyes get opened as to what's, what's possible. And... Um, so we definitely are learning as we go, and we definitely still need to fix a whole lot of things, and we pull our hair out at a lot of things. But <laughs> there's enough, there's enough good, um, I think, that we've seen coming out of it, and, and with the team that we've got, that we're starting to tackle new issues as they come about. And hopefully, um, the hair is growing, so you can, you know, 
if you need to pull hair out again, <laughs> there's something to pull out. I want to talk about the two of you. Um, your story in itself is absolutely remarkable. We're talking to the co-founders of Axiom Education, Craig Paxton and Michelle Paxton. Axiom Education is a non-profit organization based in the Eastern Cape, and they use math, science, and English teaching as a means to generate opportunities for students. I'm going to be reading an SMS coming in from Kuligani Kuzwayo Edumbe when we come back. Classic Field is starting off the new year with an African focus, with the aim to feature more exclusive news and interviews from all over Africa. To kickstart this, a beautiful woven piece by Ghanaian artist Al Alansui adorns the February cover. This month's Classic Field features interviews with Zahn, Doppelberg, Walter Oldman, James Tobo, and Jamil Ekti Kubega, to name a few. For more arts, culture, music, lifestyle, fashion, and design, purchase your copy of Classic Field magazine now at selected news agents. Visit classicfuel.co.za. To secure energy for the future, South Africa is building three major power stations and more than 30 solar and wind energy plants. This will bring 15,000 megawatts of green and traditional energy to the grid in the next five years. Africa's largest energy build program, the Presidential Infrastructure Coordinating Commission. Together, we are changing lives. The Talk Shop. This is the talk shop on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. I am Masichaba Mdolo, and our mover and shaker tonight is an organization, a non-profit organization called Axiom Education. We're talking to the co-founders, Craig Paxton and Michelle Paxton. I've got an SMS coming in from Kulegani Kuzwayo Edumbe, who says, what are the success stories of the programs, and uh, are you planning on uh, expanding the program to other parts of the country? I think we I think we certainly have ambitions to to solve problems that are wider than the, the the local ones that we see here in terms of systemic solutions to rural schooling. I'm not sure about our organizational vision. We've we've got our hands full just getting things right here. But certainly some of the programs we do, like we use the Khan Academy pretty extensively. We're doing a very interesting community reader project, which involves um, taking young um, matriculants who are unemployed from the community and using them to read to, to young children. Things like that um, have, have scope for really having widespread impact elsewhere. So yes and no. Yes, we want to be involved in the bigger education picture, but right now we've got our hands pretty full here. Mm, mm. And... and um when we talk about, uh, you know, um, the literacy, as you're saying, you're taking your unemployed matric students in the community to read to the younger ones. How is the maths and English literacy programs that you are running um, working out? We read the most horrific uh, uh, statistics about 40% of students not being able to read. Um, we hear about uh, the dismal maths and English literacy levels in our country. We, yeah, we, we're really fortunate. Uh, Michelle? You don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we probably both got very different things to say, so they might have to step in just now. But we definitely, so the literacy program, certainly on the English side, is, is something new that we're piloting. And, and most of the English work that we started doing really just stems from the fact that all of these students, um, they're having to write their, their, you know, their matric certificate. They're having to write all of their subjects in English. So when we originally started out, um, as you know, it was just Craig and myself up here teaching math and science. It really, you know, we weren't actually 
getting enough results from it because the English wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. And that definitely does go, you know, all the way back. Um, literacy levels are really not good enough. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of that comes from the homes as well. So if the parents aren't literate, it's, it's even harder for the students to learn. Um, and so the piloting project, the project that we're doing now with these community leaders is, is definitely an experiment. And as Craig says, it has the, has the capacity to really grow if it takes off. Um, but most definitely, both on the maths and on the English side, the, the foundation levels are just lagging behind so much mm. that by the time students actually get to us at, at higher level of education, their foundation gaps are, are really too big, which um, I guess was the inspiration behind using the Khan Academy program. So we're really fortunate to partner up with Numeric um, and get we've got 30 netbooks that we've got students coming in and they're not doing curriculum maths, they're actually going back to foundations. They're doing, you know, one plus one all the way through to negative numbers and fractions and really just trying to close those gaps as much as possible in mathematics. Um, and in on the English and reading side of things, we, we're we still learning, um, but it definitely shows, shows potential. And as, you know, the stats all are true and as the stats say, if, if students aren't, and leading by the appropriate level in their, their education gets hampered the whole way through. Mm, absolutely. Craig, you wanted to come in yeah, on that I, one. Yeah, I think we, we're pretty fortunate to have um, really good examples, Nali Bali, um, Funza. There are a number of really great organizations out there that we've learned from, um, and so the people that are working with us um, to design our programs have all been influenced by this idea that if we can get kids to love stories, um, then the reading comes pretty naturally afterwards. So, yeah, that's the kind of principles behind it. How did you guys get involved, or what? You know, where, where did the idea come from to start Axim Education? Craig, you are um, a chemical engineer um, who's worked for you know big corporate companies, um, and and uh, one needs to hear about your journey into education. And Michelle, you also have travelled extensively throughout uh, Southern Africa, and we'd like to to hear about how you know that experience shaped. Um, the uh, the organization that you have started today. We're talking to Craig Paxton and Michelle Paxton, co-founders of Axiom Education, and we're going to hear about their personal stories when we come back. The Talk Shop. This is the talk shop on SAFM 104 to 107. I am Masachaba Mdolo. Our movers and shakers tonight are Craig Paxton and Michelle Paxton. They're co-founders of Axiom Education, and we're focusing on Axiom. It's a non-profit organization based in the Eastern Cape, and they use math, science, and English teaching as a means to generating opportunities for students to pursue post-secondary study. Craig, how does a chemical engineer end up in education? Hmm. Um, it's a very good fit, I think, is a short um, answer. And, uh, uh, you know, I worked for a few years as an engineer in business, but um, really didn't get the kind of kick that I get from being in front of a class of kids. Um, I, I love uh, working with kids. I love working with a, in a system that you really see um, lives changed rather than just um, products produced. And of course, there's a, there's a place for that as well. But for me personally, it's been um, just absolutely the right career move. Mm-hmm. Um, I love doing what I'm doing. Um, there are a lot of intangible rewards, which which are just absolutely brilliant. But um, with someone with your qualifications, you could have gone into uh, academia. You could have gone into um, the management of uh, um, learning in terms of uh, you know um, going into the Ministry of Education, maybe. 
and 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 here you are and you are looking at innovative ways um to educate the youth uh, uh, in rural south africa yeah, well, I think we're pretty humbled every day out here just by the fact that people around us um, are doing amazing things with the little that they have. And so that keeps us pretty pretty grounded in terms of we've been given a lot and, and we, we have a pretty pretty big sense that with that lot that we've been given in terms of a great education and um, awesome job experience and things like that, that, you know, that we have to make a difference here. And so I think that... You can you can choose. You can do things at a high level um, and make a difference there. But sitting where we are, we we are lucky enough. We we really are on the ground and we we get to see the fruits of our work um, on a on almost daily basis, mm. which is great. How did you end up teaching for six weeks in rural KwaZulu Natal? Well, it's a pretty funny story. I think one of those. Um, if you believe in God, you, you'd have to think that he was involved because. Um, I, I was most most I was at, at UCT at the time um, doing my teaching year, and uh, you normally do pracs in schools mm-hmm. around the city. And someone came to talk to us about this crazy little school in in the far corner of northern Natal. And um, so, not having been to KZN much myself, I, I jumped at the opportunity, and I just had the absolutely magical experience. I loved the the challenges of being out there, um, not only the lifestyle, but also the just seeing the kinds of Issues that schools and, and kids deal with on a daily basis, um, and that really that experience has <laughs> shaped the last ten years of my life in terms of the kinds of things that I've been thinking about. Even while I've been doing other things and uh, you know working in schools and cities and things, I always wanted to come back to a rural area, and so that six weeks was hugely pivotal. Craig Paxton uh, has a BSc in Chemical Engineering from the University of Cape Town and a postgraduate certificate in education from the same institution. He was a 2009 Fulbright Scholar and held a Reynolds Foundation Fellowship in Social Entrepreneurship at the Harvard University Graduate School of Education, from which he graduated with a master's degree in school leadership. Michelle, you also have... uh, a Bachelor of Business Science and a postgraduate certificate in education. Um, how does uh, someone who is a, a business student move to being an educator? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think all the way through my life, I always, I always enjoyed teaching. I probably knew um, deep down inside that I would end up teaching. And um, it certainly was a <laughs> quite a big change from the financial world where I was working mm. before I came up here. I remember having conversations with colleagues as I was still doing the handover and I'd I'd be chasing chickens out of my garden while they were sitting at their desk, and that was a very really different experience. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, similarly to Craig, um, both of us just have a real passion for working with kids and with education. And, um, you know, I – so with my finance degree, it's actually – you know, I, I guess it's been a really good fit. I was actually training in the financial markets, mm-hmm. um, and now I'm, I'm most definitely using all that financial information still up here and um, being a not-for-profit we we are all doing um, multiple tasks and, and stretching our skills as much as possible so I do all the accounts for for Axiom um, as well as the math teaching and things like that so I think both of us draw on our, our previous experience and just count ourselves lucky that we have it um, and that hopefully it actually kind of makes us better teachers I guess for, for the experience that we have and we try and share that as much as possible and um, but yeah, so it, I guess it was a big jump in the sense of when I actually did it, but I think I've, I've always wanted to be a teacher, so it wasn't so crazy in my mind. 
The both of you are truly an inspiration to all of us uh, in the work that you do. Um, their slogan is Growing Talent and Opportunity in Rural Africa. And we wish you the best of luck and all the success with Axiom Education. If you want more information on Axiom Education, visit their website. It's axiomeducation.org. That's A-X-I-U-M education.org. A-X-I-U-M education.org. Thank you so, so much to the both of you. Really, really appreciate it. And keep on keeping on with the sterling, sterling work. Thanks, Thanks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Craig Paxton and Michelle Paxton, co-founders of Axiom Education. As they say, they're growing talent and opportunity in rural Africa. They're looking at innovative ways of changing um, education in our country. They say that uh, they are looking at uh, two um, their, their, their focus is on really just two points, and that is um, improving the quality of instruction in local schools by upgrading the subject knowledge of teachers, improving instructional practice, and increasing motivation, and ensuring also that uh, young learners themselves are motivated to work hard, and uh, they're looking at creating new, better schools. Thank you so much, uh, Craig Paxton and Michelle Paxton.